Tantrum? Yeah, we haven't decided <laughs> We're still to call working it on it actually. Yeah, um, but basically, uh, a panel discussion with all of our speakers this morning, kind of going over um, some of the talks that we've had. So, um, kind of want to start with with you, Charlotte, because I think I'm going to tie it back to the talk that we've just had, and we've talked about having a network of people to support and how management and how business owners should look after you and make sure that you have everything you need. How do you deal with those kind of problems being? You know, when you're sick on your own and there isn't that network, do you do you use other networks of friends or you know colleagues within the industry? How do you deal with those? Yeah, it's only about the personal relationships that I have with the people. So it's not yeah, it's absolutely a different way to manage uh, business and holding your own business and managing people. So I really have to. I don't have this this system of management and organizations that you have. So I really have to figure it out, everything by myself. So that's a lot of improvisation. <laughs> and that's not easy, so I explain it. Yeah, it's all about the human relationships that I build and the personal relationships that I have with the people. That's the only way I can be sustainable. I Beyond think the market, you know. I think it, so I've been working in coffee about like eight years or so, and there was a nine month period where I was essentially doing consultancy is what I called it. In reality, I was just doing odd jobs that popped up, whatever Steve could find for me. Um, he was available to paint a fence whenever you needed one. I had to do business cards and it said consultancy on it. So, but the I think I found that time the most stressful because I like I was a creature of habit. I'd just come from an office job and before I was in university, and you got up and you had a routine. You did this bang, 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 bang. But what I do in that situation is I get up and I'll be in my house going, I better check Twitter, <laughs> and it's like. I found that situation really, really stressful. I know a lot of people uh, find it very easy to to live like that, but I actually found it completely stressful. Like, so do you find it difficult to manage time in that that sense? When uh, uh, and like, how do you create work for yourself? Yeah, it's it's very hard to manage your schedule, and in terms of money, it's it's not easy to. You have to be like, I don't know. It's. You have to contabilize like all what you're gonna do for the next month. And I, for example, now I have no idea of where I will be in two months. So it's always a surprise and I cannot, the problem is I cannot make any long-term plan or any future plan. So that's, I think in, in the long-term long way, it's not very sustainable. For me, it's just like a step now to still experiment what I really want to do because I still don't know what I, what I really want to choose for my career. So it's more like an experimentation process and. I agree that it's very difficult to organize and to schedule the plan. And so yeah, I try to, for example, I, I give like one week a month uh, training in Switzerland that's kind of fixed. So I know that every month I will have this money coming in. And so I'm lucky to have that. But the rest of the time it's always new, new yeah. exhibition, new trade that, show. That regularity does help a lot. I think you mm. raised that in the talk as well as knowing your schedule. Like for baristas, it's, it's somehow completely acceptable for people to not know their schedule until the Sunday before the week. And like it doesn't always happen, but we try very hard to push it to two, three, four weeks ahead. Like, and that's I think it's a very good step that most cafes can take anyway. But it, it in the end, it's something that I really like. I like the surprise, and I like to travel and to like to don't have really like a plan for my my next month. So I like you're much to more fun than I am. <laughs> Charlotte, can I help you where you'll be in a couple of months' time? Dublin, WBC. It's kind of a big thing that's coming up. <laughs> wow. <laughs> No, yeah, I know. That's my next my <laughs> my next step is this one. Yeah, for sure. Um, Rob, um, 
obviously a uh, business owner, um, lots of crew working for you. I mean, how do you manage those issues that do come up? I mean, have you, have you encountered problems where it's been, you know, you haven't, you haven't necessarily dealt with the situation as well as you might have wanted to and, and things you've learned as you've gone along? Well, mostly it's not exactly like you want to, but of course you do the best that you can. And, and I'm also happy to talk about this because not only about barista technical skills and stuff, because the personal thing is the most important probably to perform well. But I was working in Amsterdam one time as a freelance uh, food and beverage manager. It was a big fitness club and they had 19 people staffers and just two people of the management that worked full time and all the other people worked in between, let's say 20 and 35 hours. And all those people had to do uh, other jobs as well within the facility, not staying on their jobs. And I thought that's a smart thing. So what I did now for last 13 years, I took people in, never for full time, and paid them a little bit better so I had they had a good income. And then um, giving them time also to think about their, their, their private life and maybe their children and their friends. And also to stay fresh behind the bar and also to rotate, then behind, be in the shop, then behind the machine, then do, do, do the, uh, the dishes and stuff like that. And that way I think they don't get um, that quickly over uh, too tired and they, they, I think it's, uh, they're more than happy to stay for a longer period. So I think that's, uh, that's my way of dealing with it. So I would say in response to that, that's awesome, the motives behind what you're doing. But also, I, w I think for me, I would really like the security of having a full-time job. Like, I know that there are some people whose lives might work a little bit better to not have, like, full-time work. Mm -hmm. um, but I mean, what like, I'd, I just can't imagine I would ever work in a place where I didn't have full-time work because it is my career. So. Well, but you, you compare living in Oslo to Antwerp. Antwerp is a lot cheaper. Uh, the rent, the rent here is a lot cheaper, but also, um, I mean, it. I pay my people more than in any other espresso bar in Belgium, right. and I do it because I think that way I get more quality from them, and I don't tire them that, that quickly. Mm. So if you can work 36 hours at a certain wage or 32 and have the same money, I think you would pick the second one. Oh, absolutely, that sounds great. Um, but I mean, for me, like. No, okay. I, uh, I like this is this is I knew that I wanted to do this since I was quite young, and you know now I'm married, and we're thinking about having a kid at some point, and I'm really lucky that my husband owns the apartment that we live in. But like, if I was to try and own a house as a barista, like, it's literally not possible. Like, it's it's not, and you know we can't expect people to like be devoting our lives and our careers to, to the work, but not be reimbursing them so that they can mm. have like a proper adult life outside of work. I think I there's, understand a, there's what a way saying. to find a balance there because like people say, oh, well, your baristas must be really well paid. And I say, well, actually, we have the best paid baristas in the city and also the worst paid ones. And that you come in and you're slightly above minimum wage, but you could earn a pay rise in the space of three days. Like that's happened. Like we've made people managers after two weeks. And there's, because there are people that just want to come in, work in a, in a coffee shop with a nice environment, do a kind of, you know, for a few months or, and then just move on. And it's not, it's, it's not their career. They don't expect that. They just want to hang out somewhere, get a, a reasonably well-paid job and somewhere they like. And that's fine. And you can't criticize those people for it. But you need to balance that with the people that say, look, I want to do this for a career. And those people are the people that we, we give them a, a salary. So that they get sick pay, they get well looked after. It's a proper career. 
and then you look for ways to develop them further in the future as well. So it's a difficult thing to do and it's a risk to take, but I think for us it's always been rewarding. Uh, like we've obviously got it wrong at sometimes, but like it's always in the greatest scheme of things we have like a very, very low staff turnover for a coffee shop and it's, uh, it's definitely stood to us. I think it's also important to, to what Rob says about being in Oslo and being at, and certainly being in Stafford. People's expectations of a job where I'm based is that they want part-time. We have three staff that one does two days, one does three days, one does three days. And it's because they have children, they want to spend time with their children, they don't want to be at work the whole time. The part-time role fits. And also, again, accommodation. You can buy a flat on a minimum wage as uh, you know, I in those areas. So I think it's, it's very different to kind of look at the one set of circumstances to another one because everything is different. And I think quality of life and work-life balance is something we've really forgot about within the coffee industry. Um, I, I think it's very admirable of like looking at it and saying, I don't want you to work 50 hours a week. I don't want anybody working for me 50 hours a week because that's going to burn them out. Um, you know, I'd much rather them would do less and be with them longer for that staff retention. Yeah. I tend to get very uh, rushes of blood on, on these stages and make promises that I regret later. But so what I'm thinking, just listening to your talk today, is that there, there are 20 things in my head that have helped me um, improve the mental health uh, of the people that work in the, in the company and the true hard lessons being learned and mistakes that I've made. Uh, but I do think that we should start an initiative to get like, like a, a website or a video or a pamphlet out with like the 20 things you can do to help the mental health of your staff. Um, the really interesting thing was when I first published the survey, Alex Bernson uh, sent me a link to this website. Um, I think it's called Kitchen Confidential. I don't know if this is right off the top of my head, but um, it's a website that is made specifically for people who work in kitchens to go and to talk about the mental health. It was started by a journalist who works in the food industry. Um, and, you know, this was just when, like, horrifically, a Michelin-starred chef had taken his own life. Uh, and, you know, this is, this is initiatives that are, like, really necessary. And I think it's also super cool, like, to have people who own businesses to kind of s say, like, this is what I've done, this is how I've dealt with it before, and to for you guys to join in the conversation too. Because it's if it's just like people who are employees talking, it sometimes can be a little bit pointless, like an echo chamber. Yeah, we're whinging and nothing's changing. And yeah, so I don't know, it's worth, worth thinking about, yeah. I also think the resource as well for the business owner that doesn't know how to do it, you know, you've made those mistakes already. That's kind of, it's good that we don't, other business owners don't have to make those mistakes again um, in the future. So how would you plan the future of your employees? I mean, if you don't want to make them like big becoming managers, because they are not made to be managers. So how, how, how are you planning their career? Because I think it's also part of the mental health to know like, oh, what is going to be your evolution as a, as a barista? Yeah. I, I had this argument with uh, one of my lecturers last week that he was talking about leadership in business and he was talking to me about charismatic, uh, kind of driven people that are doing this and come up with ideas. And uh, I could raise the issue about, about low-level leaders. And in lots of businesses, there are people that might even be at, like, in terms of a, uh, the structure of a business, be at the, the bottom or near the bottom of the, of the business structure. So have no subordinates, uh, have no real s responsibilities. But those people sometimes appear where nothing happens without their say-so. Like, everybody in the business looks and goes, <laughs> what do you think? And they go, I like it. And then they go, yep, let's do it. And it's because they have so much uh, respect with their coworkers. 
And those people should be rewarded. And uh, it's really important what you're saying, that the thing to do, uh, and this happens a lot in healthcare as well, actually, ironically enough, is that people are good at their job and the next step is to put them into management. Mm -hmm. And that's often the worst thing to do. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, for me, because I don't, I've been a manager and I don't really enjoy being a manager because I am super emotional. Uh, it means that I take, I l- I'm like a sponge. I suck in everyone's feelings and it just gets a bit overwhelming for me. So I can be self-aware and recognize that. Um, so the one cool thing that happened when I, f- when I started this last job that I worked in is that my boss said, okay, tell me what you want. Where do you want to go career-wise? Like, what is the things that you want to do? And I said, well, I would really like to be a Q grader. Um, you know, I, I would really like to potentially in the future maybe like roast some coffee and also maybe work in sourcing. But I don't know if that's something that would be interesting because I've never done it. And I said, you know, I just, I just want to keep learning. That's the most important thing to me. I don't want to be a manager. I just want to keep learning. Uh, and all of those things happened. I became a Q grader. I started roasting like four months after I started there. Um, And it just that self-awareness from an employer of of like having a conversation with an employee, sitting down and understanding what it is that's gonna get the best out of them and facilitating that happen, that that to happen, yeah. I think it's equally important as some people actually don't want a career, they want a job and they want to do a job that they like and love and and we should definitely uh, be open to that too. Um, I'd like to throw it out to the audience to give you guys a chance to ask our three speakers from this morning some questions. So has, uh, has anybody got a question? Okay. Um, <coughs> I've been working in the hospitality industry for quite a long time as well, 14. Like I've been a chef, I've been a sommelier, everything. And since like eight years I've been working in coffee. Um, this also happened after I've been working in a very famous restaurant and broke down and someone else told me like love of coffee um i've actually done your survey thank you <laughs> i was really happy about it awesome. but now my question comes now i work like before i worked in a specialty coffee bar with 10 people now i turned it around and i work in um, a restaurant owned by um, a michelin star chef who's got three businesses so he's got a lot of people to take care of He's got like 60 people of staff. I'm the only barista. So I do quite long shifts. Um, I've had surgery on my hands. I've had like tons of shit being caused. But what do you think, I mean, as being a boss or a manager, what can they do about it when they've got 60 people who've got their own things and everyone wants to do their own specialty because it everyone wants to work on a high standard. But how do you think you can like solve it like i mean if he doesn't have H- hr like human resources no. for it <laughs> that's insane there is no way that you can be getting the best out of 60 people well, if you don't have someone facilitating that to happen if you've got like three people um three bosses but no hr and you're the only one trying to work in coffee everyone just sees that you're making coffee it's a very simple menu, yeah. and everyone sees that you're making the same drinks on over again. They don't see the changing in coffee. They yeah. don't see that you work with tons of different coffees and have to try and... You know, honestly, if I was you, <laughs> uh, what I would do is I would go into work, and, and I, would, I would literally just say, hey, I, w- I went to this really cool event during the week, uh, and it made me think that there are some things that we could improve in this business like mm. I, I just want to help make your business better here are my ideas to make that happen 
Um, and maybe if they're not on board with that, I would probably move businesses because <laughs> that sounds really intensely stressful and I don't envy you at all. Yep. Um, like it's yeah. not worth it. Like when it gets, I don't know, like there's a, there was a restaurant in Dublin and I met somebody who worked at that restaurant and they said, oh yeah, I went there once, it was amazing, it was really great. And then she started telling me about what it was like and said, well actually, well there was 40 people in the kitchen, uh, 15 of them weren't getting paid, they're just there on internships and those guys worked probably 50 hours a week. Full-time staff were expected to work 60 to 70 hours a week. Uh, they got paid for 35 hours. Um, she once had a guy throw a bowl at the back of her head. Um, like, I'm serious, like actually threw a, a porcelain bowl at the back of her head because she messed up a dessert. Like, th there's and all these things. And then when I go to a lot of restaurants, you hear more stuff that they're, they're all interns, they're not getting paid, you get paid for this. There's really bad working conditions and it's like, oh, it's all for the love of the food. Fuck the food. Like, well it's I not worth it. Everyone says you have to like um, chefs and specialty coffee, but it doesn't mix uh, these. Um, it's the machismo that is like ruining a, lo a lot of people's lives that we just need to shed. It's not worth it. And I, th I think that that's, that's the really powerful thing of starting the conversation, because if people feel comfortable to discuss this stuff, it becomes not acceptable because people realize what's going on and make a change. So like it has to start somewhere and I, I feel like this, like it could start now. Like there's a misplaced stigma. You're talking about the, the stigma associated with mental health. Yeah. Like Terry has said something today that's really brave and, and take a lot of courage to do. What why is there no stigma on the people that are, f that are running businesses and ruining their staff's lives? Yeah. And knowingly doing it. Like that, why is there no stigma attached to that? That these restaurants and bars and cafes get praise in all the media and nobody talks about it. Why aren't the journalists saying, like, oh yeah, and by the way, the people that are working here are miserable and some of them have got really, really bad mental health issues. I think it's also important to remember that there are some great examples of restaurants looking after their staff yeah. as well. I, was, uh, I had a weekend last weekend in Sweden with a very famous restaurant, um, like really having a whole day looking at how they can work with each other, how they should respect each other. Uh, had a psychologist come in and do a presentation yeah. for them. Like this is a restaurant doing amazing work, and then there's a restaurant just like there's a coffee shop that does great work, and a yeah. coffee shop that will be treat their staff really badly. I think that this is walks of life, but I think if you go to your employer and say I've got this idea, if they're a good employer, they'll go it's a good idea, you know. Because uh, I, I know like I know a as a business owner, I want my staff to tell me what I can do better because I don't know. I don't know, they have to tell me. It's, it's not always about the business owner trying to do things. It's about the team telling you what you can do better as well. And if you don't act on it, then you can say I'm a bad person. But if I do act on it, then that's a good thing for everybody. So it's like, is it rest Restaurant Sat Bains? Is that what it's called in Nottingham? Uh, they recently uh, reduced to a four day week just because it would make the staff's lives better. Just make everything easier for them. Like that's a progressive step. That's, a, that's something that should be lauded in the press. I saw Steemo wanted a question, so I'm, I, it is Steemo, isn't it? No? Um, I, one of the things in the States when I moved over there, it was interesting, is, is, and it's probably not exclusive to the States, is the glorification of hustling, the glorification of like, how much work did you get done this weekend? I worked all night, all the time. And that sort of like was very jarring for me when I first moved over. But it was also, if I'm honest, kind of exciting too. I kind of, I took that on board and I, I also like was like, God, I look, look how much I'm working and you know, I'm posting photos of me working late at night, isn't that great? And there was definitely, I mean, machismo was one word for it, but it wasn't exclusive to guys, it was, it was a whole thing. But I do think there's an active culture of that being promoted from our 
you know, our members, our, 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 our industry. Um, and I think one kind of way I saw that was Intelligentsia didn't pay the highest prices for baristas, but it offered a pretty fantastic healthcare and 401k program. And the amount of baristas who didn't care about that and would often give out, and often many of them didn't chose not to take it even because they were, you know, they were 23, 24, younger, and they would actively be like, but this shop around the corner does pays me an extra dollar an hour, and they put so much more focus on that kind of stuff. And so I think there's everything you're saying, it's kind of the need for awareness at, at, at the very beginning level is, is huge. I mean, when I first started working in Melbourne, um, I was getting paid cash in hand, um, which meant that I didn't pay tax. Sorry, I'm probably going to get caught up by the tax office <laughs> now. Um, but also, I didn't get any pension paid either. Uh, like we call it superannuation in Australia. Um, and at the time, I had the same attitude. I was like, oh, I'm young. It doesn't matter. I'll, I'll make some money later on. But like those years of not putting money into my super, uh, ha it has a, it's going to have a consequence like in the next 40 years of my life. Like that was a real thing. And my employers were willing to do that to me. And I think about it now and I'm like, oh, my God, that's that's horrific that you're you're skimming the top of your sa your employees salaries to make more profit. And it's like, whoa, that's crazy. That was interesting. You were saying about um, the kind of uh, people kind of boasty about how many hours they worked. And I found that really uh, we've talked about employees a lot, but for employers, when I, s when I started running a business, I found it really odd that people that own businesses would be like, oh, yeah, I worked like 70 hour a week last week. You know, I haven't seen my family in 42 days. <laughs> and it's like this thing that we're all really proud of. And uh, I kind of got sucked into it for a bit. And like people say, oh, I haven't had a holiday in eight years. And like, th like there was something to be proud of, you know. I'm like, I, I, I now enjoy telling people it must be really tough running business. I'm like, yeah, I worked 40 hours this week, maybe a little less. And just seeing the shock on their face, it's like, well, you guys must be coining it. It's like, no, we're doing okay, like, we're fine. But, like, let's go home, four o'clock, fine. And it's, but it's, it, it, people are shocked by it. And I, I don't, I, I don't think there's a relationship between how many hours you work and how successful you'd be. I don't think that's true at all. Like, I think, I know people that work 78 hours a week and they're less successful than we are, so. I actually had a lot of people reply to the survey that they were owner business owners and they were doing like 70, 80, 90, 100 hours a week. Uh, and they were like, well, I would take sick leave, but I'm the boss, so I can't. It's like, the culture stems from you. You that are the you one sicker. who set, yeah, you are the one who sets the tone for how your business is gonna be. So as soon as you start to treat yourself with respect, it kind of, like flows down to everybody else. Yeah. Ju yeah. Just one quick thing on that. There was a at the Lamarzoco uh, Partner Summit, uh, Anthony Rudolph, who's manager per se, is a fancy restaurant in New York. His he was talking about people having personal mission statements. Like people, a lot of our companies have mission statements, but do you personally have one? And his was um, maximum results with the minimum effort. Mm. That's his whole thing in life. He's like, I'm not lazy. He's like, but I just I don't want to spend too much time on getting the results I have to get. It's a good thing, yeah. yeah. No, no brainer. I mean, that's the reason why we make bars in efficient ways. It's like you want to be as efficient as you can. Yeah, yeah. and uh, one thing that we always with the guys are on salary. They're like, well, how many hours a week do I work? It's like, well, put it this way: if you work 39 hours a week, you're in trouble. If you work 41, you're in trouble. And it's like, <laughs> <laughs> try to find that balance in between. It's just that you need to work 40 hours a week, and that's it.
Um, I know Taylor is going to be the most popular person in the bar tonight uh, to get the conversations, but can we ask some other questions <laughs> to our other panellists? And uh, uh, I mean, this shows how important a topic this is, and I don't mean to fill anybody. Have you got any questions for the other guys? It's not really a question, but I would like to have your opinion, maybe. This is Brooke, yeah. Um, I, I, I am an employer myself, and I get a little a strange feeling of how this is about employers being there and we're managing our people below there somewhere saying how they should feel, what they should do, how they can grow, um, where are their perspectives in life that makes me a little bit not so well because I guess, in my personal opinion, I, am, I don't know everything, not at all. And if I wouldn't have great people around us around me in our business that help me saying the right things at the right times, then I might not even be sitting here but being behind my own bar back then. So that is the thing here that I think like, okay, we're talking about perspective. A lot of people in my business, they come in and they create their own perspectives. They say, okay, this is where I want to grow to. And sometimes it's not something that we planned ahead. It just comes along the way. And they find their own way. They find their own independent job within our business, um, which gives them more stability and security and all these kinds of things. And I guess that is sometimes more important than the amount of money you pay them in the end. Um, of course, that's important enough too because it helps getting a loan in the bank and stuff like that. But um, everyone, wants, everyone wants to grow at a personal base as well. Everyone wants to learn. Everyone wants to have their own path in coffee. But it's not up to me to decide for people that work with me where that path should lead to. They can also bring in some of it themselves, no? It looks like you are part of their evolution and looks like you create an amazing team around you and people can can evolve like thanks to you and when the time is done they will go somewhere else and it's just like we are helping each other to evolve and to grow and to learn and I think we should keep this 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 energy of, of moving and like of course the main the main target is to be happy and to find something which is fulfilling your personal your personality and your personal your personal values and it's great to be to her the people around you and to to be able to help them and and the problem is like most of the the company's only goal is the profit it's only about the profit and we forget about the human values but that's all the system works and now the problem is like there is so many people and barista who are agree to work more and more hours for less and less money um so it's like me too we have this question like what should we do? Because the, the the main goal is the profit for everyone, and everyone is looking only for his own advantages. But maybe, yeah, as you said in your talk, like people should be aware that in the end, if they take care of the people around them, they will win, and they, that will be a profit, a benefit for them, because at the end, the quality will be increased. But the problem is like our monetary system is not really <laughs> built on this with this kind of values. So I think it's something we should consider again. Okay. No, 
I just want to say that, of course, profit is important because otherwise we cannot pay the wages. That that's that, that for sure makes uh, that's clear. But I guess that um, profit is also a long-term thing. Sometimes it doesn't. It, it's it does not depend on what happens in one day. And if people are um, are not uh, staying in your company, that's not the best thing that can happen either. So I'd rather have them growing within my company and be happy than growing apart from me and, and, and not be happy with me and spreading that around. Yeah. Because that's not, a, that's not a good thing either. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think it's awesome, uh, the attitude that you have. Uh, like it's it's not a one system fits all kind of thing. <laughs> like, I think it's really important to have some kind of infrastructure in your business that can help people progress. Um, but I also think it's normal to be able to have conversations and allow like normal evolution to happen too. Um, I had a feeling that I would probably alienate some people, especially employers, with what I was saying, um, just because it's it's not something that's easy to listen to or to talk about. Um, and I'm sorry for making you feel a bit squeaky. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's like, I think just as long as you're thinking about it, as long as you have that in your head that you want to be good to your employees, I think that's that's it. That's all you need as a, as a, as a business owner. Like, I don't think it, you should feel uncomfortable because you're doing the thing that needs to be done. So, yeah. You need to be aware of it already. Yeah. Um. Did you ever thought about uh, a different way of rewarding your baristas rather than giving them promotion to be to become a manager or to give them extra money? Donuts. I like donuts. And then everyone's going to have diabetes, of the course. The, for example, there um, is a bar in Ghent who rewards their baristas be by going on an origin trip, for example. Yeah, yeah. You I know, sorry, I, I, f I feel really bad to be hogging the microphone. Um, but... Uh, at Yava, we are doing the most amazing thing. Uh, we're saving up all of our tip money and the bosses are chipping in and taking us all to Italy to eat at Francesco Moderna, the second best restaurant in the world. Uh, you know, that, it, it, we are so cohesive as a team. I don't think I've ever worked in a team where I feel so at home and so cared for. Like, these guys have got they're just really nailing it uh, with the way that they nurture people at the moment. It's it's like it, I don't think rewards have to be any kind of system. It's just like identifying maybe what people would uh, would benefit from, and then just making it happen, finding a way. Like we're we're paying it out of our own tip money, sure, um, but like we have this thing on the horizon that we're all talking about and all looking forward to, and it's amazing. I think this conversation is going to be carrying on into the afternoon, evening and into the future as well. Um, three fantastic presentations this morning. Um, the guys this afternoon have a lot to live up to, um, but I, I'm sure they will also uh, do a great job. But please, huge round of applause for our three speakers this morning.